your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host and mother of a recovering child with autism, Betsy Hicks. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Betsy and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Betsy Hicks. Welcome to our show today. I hope you've had the opportunity in the past to hear our shows that I have done with Rob Oker. Rob Oker is a middle school guidance counselor for Lake Geneva, Wisconsin School District. As an educator, his passion and life purpose has been to guide, inspire, motivate, and empower youth of all ages. He is a contributing author of the original book Indigo Children by Lee Carroll and Jan Tober. And he's working on his next series of books, The Seven Abilities of Empowerment. Now, we have talked about this before on the show, and I'm really hoping you've had an opportunity to hear one of our past shows with this. We did a show where we kind of covered all of the different abilities, and those abilities are responsibility, adaptability, connectability, respectability, possibility, sensibility, and integrability. And of those abilities, we've already done a show on responsibility, but today's show is something that I feel is very, very important, and I'm really excited about that, and that is on respectability. Rob, can you talk a little bit about what is respectability? Sure. This is a huge topic, and it's so nice to be back, Betsy, because I think this is this is a uh, message of hope, and this is a, a dialogue that needs to really be done in terms of um, helping children, helping families, and helping um, humanity. So when we talk about the seven abilities of empowerment, I wanted to design a curriculum of, a, of concepts of to helping people feel empowered, helping children and parents work together to have empowered families. And to do that, a lot of times in families, um, the respect line is really crossed. And there's a lot of disrespect. And, uh, you know, I see it in the schools. I see it with families. It happens in my own family. But um, it's something that we have to deal with. So the respect ability, I, I look at as the ability to fully value self, others, possessions with reverence, dignity, and honor. And what I mean by fully value that is to really, really treat others well, treat yourself well, so others will be motivated to do the same. Rob, I would think of any of the abilities, respectability is one that is learned more from modeling than any other ability, like from from what we're getting from our, our family and what we're seeing from our family. Totally. Kids, you know, kids catch these concepts, these abilities, these value, these values more than they're, they're, I always say they're caught more than they're taught. Of course, you can have teaching techniques and empowering action techniques that we're going to talk about, but the modeling piece and catching them, kids listen to, again, we've said before, more what you do than what you say. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to respect, they're seeing how you act and how you behave around other people. And they're going to model that behavior, whether it's respectful or disrespectful. Sometimes I would think that respectability may have a hard time also in um, kind of playing the, the archetype of victim. I think that there is there is a fine line between being respectful but yet still kind of standing up for yourself as well, too. Is that something that, you know, um, I, I see some, some children that are almost like they're respectful to, to overly respectful to the point where they just let people walk all over them. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that a lot later about we teach people how to treat us. And, you know, you want to be a doormat or you want somebody to walk all over you, you know, that res- empowerment, that respectability to have that self-respect and feel empowered, you're teaching people like, you're not going to treat me that way. You're teaching people, I have enough self-respect, I have enough empowerment, I have enough power, the ability to do something, the ability to be respectful for myself, that I'm not going to allow people to treat me in a certain way. And we'll get in that, you know, I believe that you really do teach people how to treat you, and that ties in with respect. Well, let's talk about then some of the techniques for teaching respect. 
Okay. I like to quote Michelle Borba. She does some great work on respect and the return of respect. And she's the author of Building Moral Intelligence and a parent advisor. And she states, by encouraging our kids to be respectful of you, of themselves and other people, and of the world, you're teaching them the critical, crucial lessons of empathy, honesty, tolerance, kindness, and gratitude. And that's right on because what we're doing here with respect is more than just modeling it. We are helping children to be honest, empathetic, tolerant, and kind in the world. And um, the whole concept of the seven abilities of empowerment is to help people be the best person that they can be. To help kids identify how they can empower themselves to be respectful. So let's go into the empowerment in action techniques. Respect for self. It starts with the self. We've mentioned this in shows before, but everything starts with, you know, who you are. And we cannot fully respect others until we truly respect ourselves. And a sense of self-respect is the ability to like yourself and trust yourself and to get to know you. And I see this with the the children. Unless they really know who they are and respect themselves and have that self-esteem, that Mm -hmm. self-concept of this is who I am, and that's validated by the people that they love and the people that they're around the most. It could be a parent. It could be a grandmother, a grandfather. It could be an aunt and uncle. It could be a counselor, a teacher, an important caregiver that to that person that they're going to read off that person's energy and say, you know, I respect you and I have that value and that value I hold with me to self-respect. Mm, big. Okay. So... So tell me more. Tell okay, me more. okay. So let's break it down in terms of how do you build that self-respect, and 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 a lot of these abilities we're all talking about the paradigm of belief. You know, the whole biology of belief. Nothing, no, none of this can happen if a person doesn't believe. You know, you're listening to this show. You're saying, you know, these sound these sound great, but you know, I I I don't really totally believe that. Then it, you're never going to get there. Yeah. And um, that's okay. You know, you are you're at you're at where you're at. But when it comes to really building a belief of respect, you have to really work on that belief. And to do that, it has to be ingrained into your consciousness, into your thinking, into your daily living, into your habits. We're forming habits here of beliefs. And the habit of respect would basically saying that you value um, who you are. And a lot of times it's just self-affirmation. It's self-thinking. It's when you choose to wake up in the morning and say, I respect myself today. I'm going to treat myself well so others will be motivated to do the same. And just that empowering statement, just those wide, wise words of saying, I respect myself, I'm going to treat myself well so others will be motivated to do the same, is a thinking that sets self-respect and the belief of respect. Rob, you've counseled thousands and thousands of children over the years. Tell me about the children who are getting absolutely no respect at home. Are they... Are they able to break through and to really have any respect for themselves if they're not getting anything modeled for them at home? Is it possible to be able to create this on your own at, 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 at a teenage age? I mean, as we get older and we go through therapy and we, <laughs> we you know, that, that, that's a different piece. But I see so many kids these days that their parents are continually telling them, how being disrespectful. I know we're going to talk more about some of those things that they would say down the, uh, later in the show, but I just want to know if it's possible, if you've seen kids that you thought had no chance of, of loving themselves because of what they have at home but are able to break through. Yes, I believe it's possible. I wouldn't be doing these radio shows if I didn't have that hope. And 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 um, it is frustrating because of the pain that you see some of the children. Oh, I can imagine. And and you see their their heart is broken down. Their their demeanor is broken down. But that is my job. Right. You know, as a merchant of hope, as an agent of change, as a person to be there to give them the ability to say, "You can do this. You can make it. You are a wonderful person." You have what it takes to make this planet a different place. Mm -hmm. And that's the hope. So, yes, we have to keep that vision of hope. Yes, there has to be that. Is it difficult for families? Is it difficult for kids? Yes, they come to people like us. They listen to shows like this. They reach out for that energy to say, "Um, I need a person in my life that's going to help 
believe in me, empower me, trust me, hold me to my boundaries, and love me no matter what, even if it isn't apparent. Right, then that's it right there, mm-hmm. even if it isn't apparent. Because mm-hmm. everybody listening today should not only be thinking about their own child, but possibly other children that their, their friends associate with that really just need somebody to give them some affirmation. And, you know, and, and if you're listening to this, that you know, that is a challenge of take this whole respectability and say, what can I do today to show that respect to a child? And maybe it's a child that you think is totally totally a problem child or totally um, is having a lot of difficulty and so unapproachable, a middle school kid or a teenager that says, oh, you know, that's just, you know, that's just a punk or a thug. Well, that person needs you the most. That person needs you to reach out with respect. And when you do that, and that's what I do in terms of my office, and I'll give you an example of that. You know, there's this kid that everyone wrote off, like, you know, he's a total troublemaker, he's in trouble with everything, you know, nobody, in, in, in you know, he's just going to end up going to jail and he's going to be a thug. You know, to me, that is, here's a... Here's an opportunity to reach out to this young man and um, treat the, him with respect. And I did that. And you can do that in a variety of ways. But my approach to that is you really notice them. And I used the, I noticed one sentence intervention. When somebody's noticed, there's, there's an energy that shifts in saying somebody's respecting who I wow. am. Yeah, that's big. The story about this, I noticed one sentence intervention. This student or this child that I was working with um, really was disrespectful to a lot of people. And a lot of times when kids are disrespectful, they're hurting within. And he would come up to me and say, Hey, Mr. Choker, Mr. Choker, instead of calling me Mr. Oker. <laughs> you know. And then I said, Well, how am I going to reach this kid? So I used the one sentence intervention. And for one week, five days, I said, I noticed. I noticed something about him that wasn't about, you know, I know that, you know, specific school stuff. It wasn't school related. It was just something about him. So I said to him, hey, I noticed you got, you got a really cool necklace. Huh? Oh, yeah, Mr. Choker. And the next day I said, hey, I noticed, you know, your hair is pretty spiked really cool today. Like, what? And then after I went, I went on and for the whole week, he came back, and at the end of the week, he said, came into my office, and he, and he said, Mr. Oker, you know, well, how come you didn't notice anything today? Uh. And I said to him, I did. I noticed you showed me respect by calling me my name, Mr. Oker. And now you and I are on a whole different level of understanding each other. Love it. Take a commercial break. We'll be right back. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com Readysorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying. 
detoxifying normally. ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical free. And there's no sodium benzoate in ReadySorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the Fine Gold program. Ask your doctor about ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here's Betsy. We are back with Rob Oker and talking about respectability and, and to the empowerment of techniques that he's taught us and many different other shows. And today we're talking about respectability wonderful techniques. Tell me more about building respect in children and how we are to do that. Okay, so with that story about that, that, that student that was very disrespectful and then we, we, we developed respect, we, that I noticed one sentence intervention. This is a technique, and, you know, it was developed by Jim Fay and Foster Klein, the whole love and logic philosophy, but they say if you have a real defiant, disrespectful person, try this for one week and they guarantee success. In my story, it was great because it really worked well with me. In fact, they back it up, but if, if, if it doesn't work, they'll send you something. That's how much they believe in this. <laughs> but the technique basically is to take the one sentence I noticed and use that for five days and notice something about that defiant, disrespectful individual and say something about them specifically to their core. And it's not something, oh, I noticed you got an A on the test or I noticed, you know, you tied your shoe today. But make it real genuine and make it specific and then cut it off and walk away. And, you know, don't get into any more drama or talking. But what you're doing is by noticing them, you're building that respect line. And they want to be noticed because a lot of times that's not what they're getting at home. So the one sense intervention is take, I noticed, and notice something about a person that is very disrespectful or defiant for five days and see what happens with the relationship. Okay, so... Give me some examples here. Okay, for example, like that, like that student, you know, that um, was, hey, Mr. Choker, real right, disrespectful. Right, right, right. I walked by him, I say, hey, I noticed you, you know, you got really, right. really, and I did that for five days. And what it did is he, he noticed, I noticed him, and the respect was built. And then, just to go on to that story, this young man, um, he and I became really, got to know each other really well, and I helped him through some really hard times. And uh, he said, Mr. Oka, you've become like a you know mentor, a model for me. And again, I was that merchant of hope and that agent of change for him. And my wife was actually chaperoning a middle school dance, above all things. It signed me up for that one. But <laughs> she, got, she got to do that, and this kid came up and said, hey, you're Mrs. Oker? And he goes, yeah. He goes... Um, I want to tell you about your husband. He's like the coolest guidance counselor <laughs> teacher that there ever is on the planet. He notices things. Oh, I love and it. And so, again, that respect was, was made where, before okay. this kid wouldn't be. Now, we talked be, between adult and, chi- and child, but what about child to child? And I know we're going to be talking more about mm-hmm. this, but this is really, really important mm-hmm. because... Um, we live in a very respectful home. Like our, we're respectful of the kids, and the kids are respectful of us. But my daughters to each other, it's like not everything they've ever learned just goes out the windows when they're together. They don't have any respect for each mm-hmm. other. And 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 so, is it a matter of having to convince one that you need to start noticing nice things about the other, or where, where does well, that come I, from? You know, that's whole sibling rivalry too that we're getting into. But, but to, I would try this. I noticed technique is have one of them. You know, set a family meeting and, have, and, and say, we're going to notice things about each other without saying anything disrespectful. We're going to notice something and say something respectful about that. That's good. And try that for a week and say, you know, okay, you know, hey, hey, Mia, I noticed you picked up all your toys today without me asking you how to do it. And, or or have the other say, hey, 
Hey, um, <laughs> Je Jesse, um, I noticed that you didn't uh, play my video game and go to my room without asking. Thank you. Yeah. And just, just shifting, try to teach trying to, that. to do that. Okay. And again, when they get together, they're going to do their sibling thing. No, 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 You know, you're going to do that. But what we're doing is we're teaching them through these experiences. It's, it's an opportunity to teach them. And then modeling that, too. If you're doing it the same and doing it for them and modeling it for them. I want to talk about another technique that I call the mirror reflect respect exercise. And this is for that student that comes in, has no self-esteem, that's just getting totally, you know, um, disrespected at the house, and there's totally an, an environment where these kids really don't have any hope. And so you see these kids just broken, and, and I use that word, but their heart and spirit yeah. is. You know, they come in and they just want to be around my energy and just they want to hear something positive. So I have to go back to that belief and build that belief that they can be respectful or they can respect themselves and so I use the mirror reflect respect exercise and I use this for teenagers and adults can do it too but it's pretty simple and the whole mirror idea is when you look in the mirror you see yourself and again respect starts with the self if you can't respect yourself how are you going to respect others and so I have them look in the mirror and I take that empowerment words and those those wise words and I say say to yourself three times every day for three weeks, three by three, three times every day for three weeks, I treat myself well so others will be motivated to do the same. I respect myself and I respect others. And in a way, it's building and conditioning that language within their belief system. Mm -hmm. And I have them look practice this. We go into the, the bathroom and look in the mirror and I have them look at yourself, look in the eyes. A lot of them, that's hard to do. To actually look at themselves in well, the eyes. Especially if you're dealing with a lot of the spectrum dis disorders mm -hmm. which we're talking about from the mm -hmm. show. Yeah. And I said, we're going to do a technique here. You're going to look in the mirror and reflect back that I say this three times every day. You don't have to do it in front of your siblings. You don't have to do it in front of your parents. Right. But do it for yourself. And it will build respect for yourself. And it's building that concept of self-esteem for them. And I say, you know, I respect myself. Look at yourself and say that. I like myself, and I would treat myself well so others will be motivated to do the same. Rob, what I see in so many parents that are raising children and, and not respecting them as they're raising them, their reason behind it is that they're trying to, quote-unquote, protect their children. In other words, they're saying to them... Um, well, you're never going to amount to anything because they think that those are the words that will motivate them to do well in school. Or you look like an idiot today the way you're dressed because they think that those are the words that are going to teach them that they, they have to take more respect in their, in their clothes. It's, it's so much in these, the way that the people are, are, are wording things. And, it's, and going back to that mirror piece... It's what they were taught as children. Sure, sure, and, that's and, the conditioning. And that's, and that's how they're, they're getting this out there. So I really want the parents that are listening today to think, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine, but, you know, of course I have to tell my child they look stupid today or that their hair looks a mess. Because I, I, I even get caught in it myself. Sometimes Mia will come down and, and like, I look at the way she did her makeup, and I just think, Mia, you don't, it just, let's work on this. Let's fix this. But... You know, it, it, it's hard to sometimes as a parent know when you're saying you're trying to motivate them to do better. And, and also, sometimes you just feel like you have to reprimand them, too, because it can get mm -hmm. really bad. So where where is that dividing line? Where does that all come together when you know? Because parents, I know, get confused with this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the, the immediate thought on that, Betsy, is, is I think, you know... Um, you know, we treat other people like how we want to be treated type of thing. And, and it's that conditioned belief. And if you feel like you're treating other people, you know, with disrespect, you're probably going to get that. And the kids are going to read off of that. If, if the kids feel it, you know, did, did he ask you to treat you that way? Did he ask you to talk that way? Right. No, then why are you talking to him in that way? 
And so I would immediately stop that. But let's go into, um, let's talk about that rude behavior. Let's talk about that rude language. Right. And let's talk about breaking that cycle. And what we're talking about here is huge concept because it is a cycle. It's a whole family dynamic. And it's not going to change on this over, over this show. But what it is, it's going to give you an awareness to make those changes. And it's going to give you some skills to practice some things. So what, we, what we'll do is we'll talk about how rude. Don't tolerate the rudeness in the family cycle, then the family dynamic in the family, and don't, and then how to break that cycle so you don't get in that rudeness. This is the biggest, to me this is one of the biggest important parts of this show because I really want people to understand things that they're saying that they don't know how disrespectful it is. Specifically the parents. I mean, this show is being geared a lot today towards parents too that in ways that they can use better language around their children and they don't even realize, they think they're protecting their child when they say something like, um, you know, it, it's, I don't care, or I don't believe you, or mm-hmm. things like that, but they mm-hmm. don't realize that that's, those are disrespectful comments. Let's let's hit some of those, some of the things that parents say. You gave me a wonderful list. Tell me about this list that you made. Sure, sure. This is taken from um, a teenager, How Rude, A Teenager's Guide to Good Manners, Proper Behavior, and Not Grossing People Out. And it's by Alex Parker. And um, I really like this resource because it gives teenagers a way to deal with rude behaviors and the language. And what they did is they surveyed teenagers and parents about um, some of the rudest things parents say to teens and some of the rudest things teens say to parents. And we're talking etiquette here, you know, and this is the language. And this, in the survey that came out, um, we want to talk about the parents first or the teenagers? I want to talk about the parents first because going back to what I was saying, I don't think parents are realizing things that they're saying they're disrespectful. And I think a perfect example is here, one that I know I have said to my children before, which is, you don't try hard enough. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, well, I'm trying. Well, you're not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. I say that a lot, and I'm really panicking as I'm reading some of these things and realizing what that must sound like to, to my children. Mm-hmm. I think if my husband said that to me, I would be devastated. If mm-hmm. my husband told me I wasn't trying hard enough, I'd feel really sad inside. Right. Yet I feel comfortable to say that to my children, and now I feel real wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's the intent behind the language, and it's what the language is saying. But according to the survey, yeah, let's go through the top. There's 40 rude things parents say to teens. And um, number one is, how can you be so dumb? Again, oh, language, that's, that's devastating language, disempowering language. Number two, why don't you try hard enough? Or you don't try hard enough, and you mentioned that. And um, number three, what's wrong with you? And number four, you little beep. And number, <laughs> number five... Don't you ever think, right. boy, that is a big one. Oh. So listen to I the intention <laughs> and the vibration that's coming with that language. And that language is building and conditioning respect or disrespect. All right, got to take another break. We'll be right back with Rob Oker. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPB4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. 
Redisorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying normally. Redisorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical free, and there's no sodium benzoate in Redisorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the Fine Gold Program. Ask your doctor about Redisorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B.com. Living Your Power with host and intuitive counselor Diane Brandon breaks down the old traditions of taking what life gives you. Living Your Power teaches you how to have a life of success, happiness, and fulfillment. How to live your power, feeling vibrant and confident. Tune in Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern to Living Your Power on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. We are back with Rob Oker, and we are talking about uh, respectability today, and we're right now talking about uh, things that we may be saying as parents to our children that are um, creating, first off, a poor model, a poor mirror, and, mm-hmm. and as to what we talked about, and um, some of the, we were just talking about the last one we were speaking of was "Don't you ever think," which I I, I hear so many parents say that to their children, mm-hmm. um, you know. It, we could go through all of these, which we don't have a lot of time to go through them all. And I think this, I think this book, I, I'm definitely going to go out and get it called How Rude, The Teenager's Guide to Good Manners and Proper Behavior and Not Grossing People Out. How does a parent know how to change their language? What, what, what can they do to change this? It's a huge question. You know, it's a million-dollar question. But I think the biggest thing, number one, is awareness. You know, even just talking about this, and, you know, I, and, and I'm thinking about my own situations with my own child, and my own family is, uh, you know, is what you're saying need to be said. And I always say that there are there are three gates that words need to pass through. And I teach the kids when they get in a lot of problems with each other and conflicts, when they're disrespectful. In fact, just the other day in my office, I had a parent and a child yelling and screaming at each other. And I said, please stop. I will not tolerate this behavior in my office. It's crossed the respect line. Mm. You have to stop now immediately and then once you stop from here on out if you don't have anything that's nice to say we're not going to say it do you understand mom dad do you understand some people don't even know how to say nice things i I, I really come to that conclusion it was it was was like am i saying this to them but in the way they needed to say break the respect line they broke it and they needed intervention on that and so the gateways again the three gateways if it's not nice to say it shouldn't be said, okay? If it's, not, if it's not necessary to say, it shouldn't be said. And if it's not true to say, it shouldn't be said. And so you think about that. Was it nice and kind? Was it necessary to, or was it true? And think about your words that come out of your mouth before you say it, and it will change what you say in the language of how you use it. Even if it is necessary, Rob, I would think that they have to learn how to say it in a respectful way. Right, right. So they may say, well, it's necessary for me to tell them that, you know, her, 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 her skirt is too short or her, you know, his pants are hanging down past his rear. Mm-hmm. But, but can you say that in a respectful way? Yes, and it has to do with your tone and your attitude and approach. And, and, and of course, you know, anger's okay, but how you deal with that anger and how you deal with that that either showing respect or disrespect. 
For example, let me let's let's give a scenario here. If a child's being very disrespectful and saying some things like, you know, and the parent is getting into that frustration cycle and shouting and screaming back, um, you have to stop it immediately. And you ha- if you don't deal with it immediately or don't deal with the rude behavior immediately, then it's conditioning to them that it's okay and we're not going to worry about the behavior, but we'll worry about how everybody gets mad and frustrated and the whole cycle continues. So number one, stop the behavior, stop the rudeness immediately. Okay, and number then number two is that you have to allow them to talk in more respectful and appropriate way. And sometimes this needs to be modeled or demonstrated. Let's see if we can try that again. Perhaps you could say, I'm upset at you because I did not like what you when you went in my room and you took my stuff. Could you say that to your sister? Well, I don't know. Whatever. And then no. I want you to use the words. And I want you to try it in a respectful tone. Okay, and they'll say, perhaps you could say what? I'm upset at you. I didn't like when you went into my room and took my stuff, and I would appreciate if you put it back. Thank you. And even though they don't want to do it, you're teaching them that they stop mm-hmm. the rudeness. They, they stop the disrespect. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, is now I want from today on out, if you don't have anything nice to say, you're not going to say anything at all, and you're going to only say kind words. Try saying something kind to them today. What do you mean? Well, like walk by and say, I like your shirt. Even if you don't mean it, try saying something kind. It will shift your thinking of being respectful versus disrespectful. What what about when they get so much rage inside of them, and kids in general, when they get so much rage, do you advocate, you know, if, if you have this much anger, go in your room for a while hit a pillow, scream in your room or whatever, and then come out and let's face the situation again. Because sometimes it's like they're just so beyond mm-hmm. being able to say anything calmly or rationally. Well, you're exactly right. You know, when you have an angry person or angry child, and if you try to get them to change their behavior or their anger, it's like trying to pour gasoline on fire. You know, <laughs> hello. <laughs> it's going to just yeah. turn out to be more, more of a problem. So you have to, of course, with anger management, get them in a calm Get them in a way to think that, and you know, have them go to a to a space where they can just say, "Stop the behavior." Hey, this is rude. This is inappropriate. This is disrespectful. You need to take five. Go to your room, and as soon as your voice is calm, and as soon as your voice is sweet, and you're ready to treat your sister with respect, let me know. And then when they take that time, and people need that time because again. If you're angry or upset, it's what you do with that anger energy. And if you try to talk to somebody that is already angry and you tell them, and this happens a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I see this in schools where, you know, um, teachers or principals, oh, they're really upset at a kid and the kid is just totally, totally um, lost it. You know, they're angry. They're not going to behave. They're not going to do anything. And then they get sent to the office and then the, then the principal's hammering them or letting them know what they did wrong. Are they listening? Oh, no. No. Definitely not. No. And so they need that time to chill out, to calm down. They need that time to get to a space, an emotional state, where they can at least get some information. And sometimes that takes kids a lot. I'll come into them and I, you know, I'll give them a stress ball. Squeeze this for five minutes. I'll be back. When you're ready to talk, let me know. Take 10 deep breaths. Breathe back. Breathe three times into the mouth, out through the mouth, and count from 10 backwards. Bye. <laughs> okay, so Excellent. and then all of a sudden I come back and I said, "Where are you on a scale of one to ten? Excellent. And they said, "Well, I'm about a five. And I go, "Well, that's a spot we can talk. Let's start there. Excellent. That's a great idea. I just got a stress ball for Christmas. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> now I know what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we have so many other areas to cover, so many different techniques to cover. What techniques should we cover next? Well, let's go into establish rules and boundaries about respect. And I think, you know, we touched on this a little bit here, but, um, you know, I think this rules and boundaries is really overlooked because a lot of kids really aren't getting the boundaries and, ru- and the rules. You know, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, and this is the whole accountability. This is the whole ties into responsibility. But with the respect part of it is there needs to be some house rules and the rules really need to be understood when we're talking about family dynamics or there's school rules and they're understood. And the respect comes when the kids know what the rules are and the rules are enforced. Okay. So 
So, what I'm recommending is establish those rules and boundaries and follow through with them. You know, a lot of times we talk too much and we don't follow through enough. So, how can we establish those house rules and create those boundaries and present and post those um, house rules in the house and review them? Maybe they're up on the refrigerator. Maybe they're up on a plaque on the wall. But these are our, our, our you know, house rules that we abide in, and the respect should be right on there. Responsibility should be right on there. The seven abilities of empowerment should be on there. <laughs> but what I'm saying is... Put those somewhere so the kids know what they are and that they have a guideline to follow. And when kids have that, then they have a parameter. Anybody has a parameter to say, this, these are my rules that I can do. And if we break these rules, then there's consequence. And I have some boundaries and guidelines to develop respect and to be respectful. Excellent. Okay. Um, we are going to be taking a break in a second, Rob. I want to take this time, though, to tell everybody that you have a new website. Oh, yeah. Very exciting because a lot of this information, you have some great information up there already, and it'll be growing and growing. And these shows will be archived on your radio station as well, too, so people can listen to them there. Um, Rob's website is www.robertoker.com, and it's O-C-K-E-R, mm-hmm. robertoker.com. That's great. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, let's talk a little bit more about techniques. So much to learn about respectability. Thank you for being with us. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. ReadySorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying. Normally, ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical-free, and there's no sodium benzoate in ReadySorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the Fine Gold program. Ask your doctor about ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B dot com. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Let's face it, hormones happen. Whether you are male or female, hormones have an impact on your overall well-being. Dr. Hart brings to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel timely topics that answer your lifelong questions about hormones in men, women, and teens. Tune in to Optimal Wellness every Monday at 12 o'clock p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Optimal Wellness. Live life well. Live life long. Live life to the fullest. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here's Betsy. We are back with Rob Oker talking today about empowerment and the uh, ability of respectability. We've had some great conversations so far about this. 
and all the different techniques to teach respectability. One of the things I'd like to talk about now is manners, um, teaching our children manners. This is huge to me. We, it was really drilled into me as a child. And although I have to say I don't, I'm not that great about writing thank you cards or thank you notes and those kinds of things that some of my friends do and I always feel like there's something I should be doing. I, I am courteous about always saying please and thank you and so are my children about that. And, you know, they always, they know when they're sitting at the dinner table that they have seen me work hard, that they're going to compliment the meal and not put it down and those types of things. But um, we, we've already talked about modeling because that's a huge one when it comes to manners. But... Um, can we talk about just how do we, what are ways of instilling, other ways besides modeling of instilling good manners? And with manners, is, I think there, there is a re, with the return of respect, you know, there is an emphasis of people being polite and using manners with each other, you know. I mean, I think the pendulum is swinging back where people are going back to really wanting to get back to the, the you know, the grandpa and grandma sitting us down and, and really teaching us yes. those those good table manners, teaching us those, you hold the door open for a woman, or you be a gentleman. And, and specifically to do that, you know, I, I'm going to use the personal example of my, you know, my wife with my three-year-old daughter. You know, she does such a great job on this. It's a language that she used. You know, she stays home with and works part-time with our daughter, but every morning... You know, uh, Ava wakes up, and and Ava, we say, you know, good morning. Where's my hug and kiss? It's so wonderful to see you. Today's going to be a what day? And Ava says, today's going to be a great day. And she starts her day off with that. She goes, well, today, to make it a great day, we have to use our what? And what does she say? Our manners. Our manners. We have to learn how to be polite and kind to people. And we're polite and kind to people. We we make friends and the day is a great day. Mm -hmm. So it starts with the thinking of the day. And then throughout the whole day, we use the language. And now we're talking three-year-old, but that's where it starts. We've done that since she was born. Um, We use the language and we say, um, you know, may I be excused from breakfast? Thank you for breakfast, Mom and Dad. You know, may I be excused? Thank you very much. I'm going to take my plate. And we use that language, and she uses this all the way. And we were in the store the other day, and we were doing some shopping. And then all of a sudden, um, <laughs> um, we Ava walked right in front of this man, and uh, she says, excuse me. And um, the man looked at her and, she, and looked at me, and it was just like, you're excused. Thank you, young lady. <laughs> and it was it really caught him off guard because he was a three-year-old saying, excuse me, sir. But that's the problem, though, Rob. There's so many people who are are realizing that this has become a problem because they, maybe they mm-hmm. haven't mm-hmm. been able to instill it in the last 12 years of their child's life. And now trying to instill that in a 12-year-old is a, is a lot is a lot of work. Yeah. But I th- I, I'm already guessing what your answer is on this. And I, my guess is just to begin to use it at the home and being mm-hmm. saying thank you and please to them and eventually mm-hmm. it just becomes more of the language and that's that modeling too um what i do too though in in i i incorporate it into a guidance group you know i'll take some social skills training and i'll do some social skills work with um teenagers and i'll do a whole thing on etiquette and i'll do a whole thing on manners in fact one year we actually took a bunch of uh kids out to eat where they had to eat in at a fine dining restaurant restaurant and they had to use cloth napkins and they had to use four forks and you know and how to behave and how to act and how to doing and that um that resource that we talked about you know how rude ways to not you know help teenagers to use good manners gave give some great techniques in there how to use but again you can teach this by mo- by modeling it but it can be taught and you know teaching etiquette and how to handle etiquette is something that kids and even adults need to do and it's a social skill and it is a skill that needs to be practiced and I see so many kids that say oh yeah well I say please and thank you but if the more you practice it the more it becomes a habit as we get back to talking about making these your own so yeah I would look into some social skill training I would I would get kids in together in a group. And, you know, when you get teens together and they start demonstrating good manners in front of each other, it empowers them. And then they start doing it more. That's that positive peer pressure working. So that's another technique I would do is I would go get together a little group, even if it is a slumber party or whatever, and do a social skills game where you could work on good manners 
or list all the ways that you use manners in in behaviors in your life life that um, are positive to, and then they start to practice, mm-hmm. practice, practice. Excellent. So we haven't talked too much right now about respecting yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked, we've touched on it a little bit, but um, in in that model behavior and that mirror behavior and so many of the reasons our children grow grow up not respecting themselves is because the parents are not respecting themselves. And I see this in, in um, so many of even my friends that really don't take any time for for you know, improving their own wellness, their own health, their own respecting themselves enough to take care of themselves is right. that where it all starts is in taking care personal care well I, I I believe so if you don't take care of yourself and and respect yourself who will yeah. oh, totally. <laughs> and you know and then that will filter out to your family to your children to your job to everything and that's taking the time for yourself and filling your cup and really um, doing things that make you feel good and if you're not feeling good with who you are and what you're doing or taking the time to do that number one you you set an intention and you're listening to this show so you're doing something that is mm-hmm. awesome yeah you're hearing yeah. this show and you're open enough to listen to this and say okay it might not be a right or wrong way of respect but there's another way and i'm taking care of myself and i'm learning some techniques so i can be a better person and a better parent or a better individual a better human being the the martyr sy- syndrome is something I see so much, especially in parents of children with special needs, and it's kind of that syndrome of, um, you know, consistently waking up every day and doing nothing but what they can possibly do for their children, and that's a wonderful, wonderful attribute, but it's also completely draining. And I have to say, when I first got the diagnosis of autism from my son. Um, one of the first things I did was I got into therapy for myself. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that that saved me. It it saved me, and it saved my children because it saved me. Um, I was such a better mom to them because emotionally I was so gone and so distraught, and I, I wasn't good to anybody back then until I was able to take care of myself. And I, mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for those years because they put me in a position for where I am now. So I urge people to, to do that. And I see that, you know, even in owning the clinic now at Pathways and so many of the moms coming in and they're so sick and they're having so many problems, but it's it's just all going towards that child and making that child better. Well, who's going to take care of that child mm-hmm. if mom gets chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. which is what we see over and over and over again? So... It has to be a joint respectability in the household where everybody deserves to have their own levels of respect and taken care of. Exactly. And so taking care of yourself is number one important thing, and then you can take care of others. You know, you know I think the, the, other, the other piece of that uh, of, you know, how, how do I get respect is, is to really think about the language in your thinking. You know, it really comes down to our perception and our thought of things. And if if your thinking is is being rude or your thinking is negative, and you and you find yourself doing, get some help and and be around those positive people. Be around some, like you said, some people that will help give you a different perspective about your thinking, because um, your thoughts will produce your actions, and produce your deed, and produce everything oh, in your life. You know that's the whole power of intention. And yeah. if you want to be respectful and start respecting and appreciating yourself. Really start with your thinking. Rob, you're so right in what you just said about it's it's who you're around and and Mm -hmm. possibly change your audience for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, you may not be able to change your family. I mean, your immediate family. But you don't have to go to your mother who constantly is berating you on the weekends all the time. And, you know, you don't have to spend every holiday with people that constantly tell you what a loser you are. You really can choose... Um, and, and, and it's interesting to me how people who have no respect for themselves will choose friends who have no respect for them as mm-hmm, well, too. Mm-hmm. Look at your friends. Look at who you're spending your time with and start shifting that towards a positive environment. Yep. Choose your attitude. Choose respect. Choose to hang around those people that will give you respectability. Rob, this has been a fabulous show. I want to thank you so much for all of your insight and all of your techniques that have helped us to learn about respectability. I want to urge everybody to go to Rob's website again, www.robertoker.com. That's O C 
S-K-E-R.com. Thank you for joining us today, Rob. You're welcome. It's great to be here. We'll be back for another ability very shortly. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. contact Betsy or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks.